0: The masculine lives in the mind and the feminine lives in the body. So the fastest way that we can drop into the body is to reconnect with our breath, to bring us into the present moment, to feel our bodies, to come into our sensations, into our senses, which live in our bodies. And that's one way that we can just start to soften in the moment.
1: I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Chick, a Soulfire production.
2: Hi, my loves. Bryn here today with a dear friend of mine, Amy Natalie. Amy is an empowerment coach and embodiment guide for conscious women, spiritual seekers, and feminine leaders. She has inspired thousands of women around the world with her work, including me, centered on reconnecting women with their feminine energy and stepping into their power. After going through a divorce at age 27, which we have a lot of similarities here, overcoming clinical depression and traveling around the world, Amy broke free of her old identity, reconnected with her feminine energy and stepped into her leadership. Now she guides women to choose faith over fear, and create a life that is in alignment with their soul. Amy also is the host of a Feminine Frequency podcast, which has over 200,000 downloads, which is so dope, over 200 episodes. I was recently a guest on her show. It's a great podcast. Y'all should definitely go listen. And I'm just so excited to have her today so that she can help reach more women around the globe. So Amy, welcome. So happy to have you. Mm, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you, Bryn. Likewise, I was giggling earlier about how we both are in all black today, <laughs> so it feels timely because we're going to be talking about some things like the dark feminine and <laughs> felt like we were both on brand for that conversation. Yeah, I'm all at
0: some point on my journey, I was like, I need more color in my closet, and then. I kind of just got to this place where I was like, I really like wearing black and I feel really great in black. So I'm going to embrace that instead of trying to be this like extra colorful person.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. I have two moods, pure like neon in color or black, and I have nothing in between. So (laughs) Uh, well, welcome. I'm so glad to have you when I first met you. We connected actually in Encinitas. You had hosted this beautiful women's circle and I got to really see the way in which you lead and you bring women together and you have a really delicious balance of masculine and feminine within you that I really admire where I can see you so clearly embody both of those energies. And I would love to start off by talking about what those energies are and let's just touch on your journey to how you became more embodied in both of those. So what is masculine and feminine for our listeners? And how did you get to a place where you can just rock both of those energies so clearly?
0: Yeah, thanks so much. So when I talk about masculine and feminine energies, let's just start by the conversation of what is energy. Like I was thinking about that this morning and really feeling into, because I think about this stuff all of the time. and. Energy is something that we, we can't really put in a box. It's not really something that has like a tangible, like you can touch it. You can feel it. You can taste it. Like it is something that we, well, it's something that we feel right. And within the context of this conversation of polarity, which is essentially what we're talking about, where there is an understanding that we have two access to two different energies. Masculine, feminine. There are other names to describe this. Shiva and Shakti, yin and yang. Then there's also, if we just put it in simple English terms, not spiritual terms, there's go mode and flow mode. I love that description. Masculine's go, feminine's flow, right? So there's different ways that we can be, and the more that we can get in tune with how are we operating and how is it serving us or how is it not serving us, then we can figure out what feels most harmonious or most in balance for us. So masculine is often very structured. It's organized, it's calculated, it's analytical, it's logical. The feminine is more intuitive It's nourishing, it's sensual, it's relaxation, it's flow. And we want to have both of these energies in our lives. When I work with women, what I find, especially because we have all grown up in more of a what we would call more patriarchal society that values a very hyper masculine, produce, perform, achieve type of. That's how we get our validation and that's how we prove our self and our self-worth. And that's how we fit into this culture, cultural paradigm that we're in. When we're too far in that masculine, as feminine beings, meaning as women, we feel out of balance. We feel stressed out. We feel anxious. We feel burnt out. We feel exhausted. We feel like there's something missing. Something's wrong. Something's off. Something's depleted in us. And when I talk to women and explain this concept, I often find I'll say, you know, what percentage of your time do you feel like you operate in your masculine? And they'll be like, 80 to 90% of the time. I'm always in my head. I'm always doing. I'm always thinking. And then when I ask, how much are you operating in your feminine? They're like, 10 to 20% of the time. Like, I don't take enough time to rest. I don't connect with myself. I don't listen and honor my feelings. And so this is the imbalance that I was experiencing a lot of in my life before I even learned about this work. And the way that I got into polarity and understanding masculine feminine dynamics was actually because I was in, I was a nutritionist. I was a health coach and I was very much operating in my masculine when it came to my fitness and my, my nutrition. And that really led to some really unhealthy habits of being super restrictive, of constantly focusing on how many macronutrients I had in my diet, on doing really hard workouts and ended up in a state of burnout, of my body feeling depleted, of having all these food cravings, having emotional eating come up for me. And at the same time in my life, I was in a marriage that felt out of alignment for me. And so there were all these different factors happening. And I started to study eating psychology, really understanding the psychology behind why we make certain food choices and why I was emotional eating. And in that program, they introduced this concept of when we're too far in our masculine, when we're restrictive, when we're calculated, and we're not listening to our bodies. We're not connected to our feelings. We're ignoring our emotions. And when we're constantly doing and not resting enough, that creates certain habits and patterns that don't feel very great. So I'll pause there because there's definitely more, but that's kind of like the overview of how I got into it. Hmm. And it really came from a place of feeling anxious, depressed, having chronic health issues, feeling disconnected from myself that I found this work. And this is really what helped me to transform my life and guided me on my spiritual path.
2: Mm, Thank you for sharing that. I had so many things popping up as you were sharing, like, oop, I relate to that. I used to own a CrossFit gym and I owned a meal delivery company. And so I was super into weightlifting, counting macros, spending all of my time on external factors to essentially control my life. And it led to burnout, exhaustion, drying up. I had no sexual energy. I felt so disconnected from myself. I had also no female friends, which if you just look at that pattern, it's like, well, hello, Bryn, but I didn't know better, right? It's like, you don't know until you know. So I love that there was this, beautifully timed piece of information that plopped into your lap that would be a hint as to what's to come. And I want to help the listeners connect the dots because we're painting the picture of how this led you personally to burnout. And I'm curious though, why do we need to understand these dynamics to help to improve our relationships? So what happens when two people are operating in their masculine or two people are operating in their feminine? Like what happens in those polarities?
0: Yeah, I love this because when we start to become aware of these energies, we actually see that it impacts all areas of our life. So I just gave the example of how I was brought into this world through nutrition, exercise, understanding how I was out of balance there. And then very soon enough, I got to see in my marriage how I was operating in my masculine so much and my partner was operating in his feminine and or we were both in our masculine and it wasn't working. So an example of that is like he would come home from work and I had been in my masculine energy all day. I was running running my own nutrition business and I never shifted into my feminine energy and it it really killed the polarity. I don't know we kind of say like the chicken or the egg like was he in his feminine and that meant I was in my masculine it doesn't matter but essentially in relationships when we have polarity we need both. We need someone to be in their masculine and someone to be in their feminine. That's what creates chemistry. That's what creates attraction. That's what creates passion and intimacy. And it doesn't mean that the woman always has to be in her feminine. So we're not going back to the fifties housewife where like, you know, the woman always has to be submissive or she has to be taking care of the home. It's not about that because men can also be in a very nurturing space and a very supportive space and it doesn't have to be one or the other, but we want to pay attention to, am I operating in my masculine all the time? And that's kind of a turnoff to men when a woman is not softened, when she's not open or vulnerable or connected to her heart, when she's constantly doing and figuring stuff out and planning. Like. It doesn't give men a space to lead or to to be in their masculine energy, which usually feels really good for men to be in their masculine energy. So it's about starting to pay attention to how are these energies showing up in your relating dynamics and starting to figure out what works in your partnership, what works in your relationship, what doesn't work in your relationship. And through that, creating deeper intimacy and connection and turn on and sexual dynamics as well.
2: Mm. I love looking at you know your particular dynamic where you were in masculine mode, he comes home, then there's two people in the masculine. And if you think about it, like magnets, two of the same forces are going to repel one another. And I don't know about you, but for me, that created zero sexual attraction in my marriage essentially it was a dick swinging competition between me and my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. And you know I always wanted to be more successful at work. And there was a lot of actually competition of like, who's leading, who's in charge. And it killed our sex drive. And so for someone listening to this and they're like, holy shit, that that's me. Like, I don't even want to be around my partner right now. I, in fact, the energy at times that I felt was like a repulsion of like, I don't feel any sexual attraction to you. And it can be frustrating because here's this person that you fell in love with. You used to rip each other's clothes off. You're like, why do I feel this way? How can one switch energies? How can you drop from that masculine? Because like you said, we need it. I love being in boss mode and leader mode, like delegating, taking charge. I feel on fucking fire in that energy. And I like to know how to soften, like to know how to open, how to be juicy, how to be intuitive. So how do you switch it off? How do you switch energies? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. First step, which we just talked about is bringing awareness. So, oh, I notice I'm in my masculine all the time. That's not working for me. That's not working for my partnership. It's creating a lot of imbalance in my life. Okay, great. Like, let's just acknowledge it without judging it, paying attention to it, Getting curious about it. And that's where I always like to start is bringing awareness to it from a curiosity perspective, right? You're not, you're not doing anything wrong. It's okay. And we're, we're, we're discovering new things about ourselves. The next step is to really understand that the masculine lives in the mind and the feminine lives in the body. So the fastest way that we can drop into the body is to reconnect with our breath. If you've ever taken yoga before, it's mind-body connection, using the breath to bring us into the present moment, using the breath to feel our bodies, to come into our sensations, into our senses, which live in our bodies. And that's one way that we can just start to soften in the moment. So I like to think of the masculine as rigid, when we're in overdrive, or when we're too much in the masculine, it's like, rigid, closed, tight, tense. And then what happens when we take a deep breath, if you do it right now, is taking a breath through your nose, exhale out, let your shoulders drop, let your muscles soften and start to get into the body. So That's one of the simplest ways that we can even just bring awareness to when is my body in the embodied state of the masculine and when am I in my feminine? Hmm. And then there are a lot of other embodiment techniques and ways of of doing things where we can, can start to connect with the body more. So I teach a practice called feminine embodiment. It's a movement and music journey that we go on where we, we do some deeper somatic healing, releasing some of the past trauma and stuckness of energy in the body through movement, yoga, walking, really even a lot of this is looking at what is the programming that causes me to operate in my masculine in the first place? Why am I always hustling and striving? Why am I trying to prove myself? Why do I feel like I need to be perfect and put together all of the time? So there's all these deeper layers of discovery that start to happen as we, we pay attention to this. But for everyone who's listening, a really great starting point is what helps you get out of your mind and drop into your body. Because that's where all the juicy, yummy, sensuality, like feeling, that, that's where all of that lives. It doesn't live in the thinking mind.
2: So good. And I know for me, when I started to understand these energies and know how to turn one on and turn one off, I started to see my relationship dynamics change. And just like you said, not just romantically, but in work, I could understand when I needed to be more in like a leadership role and taking charge versus like softening, being more creative, being more open and intuitive. And it just shifted. I felt like I had... For lack of a better word, more control over the way that I was showing up in the world and the way people were receiving me. And I'm curious because I love hearing real life examples of this, in whether it's in your dating life or you could even use a client, of when dropping into the feminine where potentially you would have previously been in the masculine, but you like recognized maybe a a turning point or something where in the moment you're like, oh, what the moment's actually calling for is my feminine and what that did in the moment. Does anything come to mind?
0: Oh, yeah. So many. <laughs> like a thousand <laughs> examples. Yeah. yeah. I'll give an example in dating because right now yeah. I'm intentionally single. And when going through a dating process, it can be really easy to want to control things or want to lead and figure it out and make the plan and all of that. And my old self would do that unconsciously because I'm really good at that. I'm great at that in my business, but it doesn't work that great in dating. Like <laughs> so I had this experience where there was this like really hot guy, he's an entrepreneur, he's super successful, he's like really masculine looking, like have this like great jawline and just like fit and all this stuff. And he asked me out on a date and it was taking a little while for him to get back to me at first. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm leaving to go out of town. Like I kind of want to see him before I leave. Like, should I message him? Let him know. And I was like, Nope, I'm just going to choose in this situation to be relaxed, to not try and force this, to not try and control this. I'm just going to be in my own essence, do my own thing and see what happens like let go of the attachment to it and he ended up like pursuing me more because I just kind of like let him do his thing and I didn't try and force things and on our first date he was like you know there's just like something really about you that that was really magnetic and like it just feels so different and I can't really tell what it is but like there's just something about you. And I was like, oh yeah, that's my feminine (laughs) magnetism. Of course, because Mm. I'm not, I'm not operating from this grabby, needy, Mm. controlling. And it allowed him to actually lean in more. And then I felt pursued. And that's how I want to feel. I don't want to feel like I planned it and I made this all happen. I want to be like, oh, this man leaned in and he took leadership and Mm. picked an awesome date to go to a restaurant, like showed up early. Like just, it felt like, everything flowed how I would want it to. And then I was in the space of, then there's that chemistry and that attraction. And I'm not even questioning, like, is he interested? Because he's clearly shown that he is because he put the effort in. And I would say in the past, when I haven't been in my feminine, I've I've attracted men who are more like, emotionally unavailable or where where they don't put in the effort and then I'm like, why is this not working out? Or it's really hot and heavy at first. And then I'm then it fades away. So that's an example where where it has really shifted things in my dating life and where I consciously got to choose and watch the old pattern come up and choose to soften in that.
2: Mm, I love every second of that because I'm right there with you. And uh, God, I can relate so deeply to I know how to plan and get shit done and have the calendar invite sent, and (laughs) have like the whole thing taken care of in 30 seconds flat. And I literally watched the desire for me to do that come forward and then have to go, okay, it's a conscious choice that I get to make. And I loved hearing that example. And I'm thinking of all of the things that have happened in my recent dating life. Well, before I decided to go on a cleanse, like there was a guy who was a bit hot and cold and it definitely triggered some of that anxious attachment. He was not my person and that's okay. And looking back, there were more signs to that, but I was really proud of myself in moments where exactly what you said, I wanted to lean in and have him take control where I easily could have done that. And instead I would invite more play and more expression into the moment. And I remember sending him a a video of me dancing to his favorite band, like in my Calvin's in my kitchen, like while I was making pancakes. And I remember the response to that video. Like, I'll never forget it. He's like, Oh my God, my heart is about to explode out of my chest. And instead of me going into that, like rigid control, how could you not have done this? Or I just was like, you know what? The moment calls for a bit more juiciness and I'm going to bring that to him. And it, softened both of us and there was more connection as a result. So, mm. yeah.
0: Powerful. So good. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And, and I, want, I want to emphasize that we don't want to use this for like, we're not using this as a manipulation tactic or like, oh, if I act in my feminine, then that's going to make them be in their masculine and like using it as like a pseudo control manipulation thing at all. It's really about tuning into like what, like you mentioned, what does this moment need right now? what would feel best for me? Would it feel better for me to be in my feminine right now? Not like no matter what he does or how he responds, what feels good for me? Mm. Does it feel good for me to lean in and, and, you know, like, yeah, just checking in with what do you need in that moment, I think is a really powerful way to look at
1: it. Looking to spice up your toy box? Yoni Pleasure Palace is still at the very top of my list for high quality sexual and sensual products. Every time I go to their website, I am more and more impressed by their perfectly curated items. My husband Jordan and I recently received a brand new waterproof blanket that is in my favorite color, violet purple. We also received a stainless steel and rose quartz anal plug that is so sleek and sexy. Jordan loves when we use this. My personal favorite lube for self-pleasure is Yoni Elixir. It smells so light and delicious and is made with rosehip seed and jojoba oil. Literally every item I have from YPP becomes a favorite. I've given a cervix serpent to a friend for her birthday. Yoni elixir as mother's blessings gifts for my soon-to-be mama friends to massage their vulvas and vaginal walls in preparation for birth and to encourage them to invite more pleasure into that process. I've traveled all over the world with my YPP waterproof blankets and I consistently reach for my gorgeous glass and crystal toys for self-pleasure practices. It is an absolute dream to be working with a brand I was already so head over heels in love with. Should you wish to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your personal collection or to help a significant other add to their collection. Check out the links in the show notes to receive special discounts on your items. I love that. That's a, it feels like an
2: important disclaimer. And we ripped on this for just a couple of moments before we started recording of when people learn about masculine and feminine, there are some things that I've seen as a coach and just a human that have been some of the shadow sides of learning these energies. For example, how people can weaponize these energies. And I'm curious. So what I mean by that is I've seen women who, when they learn about masculine and feminine, they learn how good it feels to be in their body, how good it feels to be in the feminine. And then they get mad at their partner, that they're not in their masculine more. Or they will say things like, I need you to show up more in your masculine And I'm curious if you can touch on that energy and like how we can avoid that and what that actually does when we start to weaponize these terms instead of just learning how to embody them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so I definitely did that in my marriage. Um, Before we got divorced, I was like, you're not in your masculine energy enough and like kind of projected what I was learning. And I also did this when I like became a nutritionist back in the day and I was like, then would like weaponize it with the people around me. Like we learned these things where like, everyone has to know about it and everyone should do it this way. And like, that doesn't ever work. If you're ever wanting someone to change or shift, the best way that you can do it is not judging or criticizing or telling them they're doing it wrong or even explaining to them how to do it. It's through embodying and it's through you being the example and the invitation so the cool thing about polarity is you don't even need to talk about it with your partner necessarily. If you choose in those moments where you're normally rigid and controlling or rigid and in leadership, and you recognize, oh, this moment could use a little bit more softness. Or if you're noticing, oh, my man's like really lean back right now. He's not putting in a lot of energy or effort. Like, You can choose in that moment to soften, to get into your body, to be in your juicy, yummy play, to, to drop in. And because it's an energetic exchange that's happening, your partner can actually feel that and will often feel safer to then take the lead because they have space to do it. Mm. They have freedom to do that. You're not just doing it for them. So it really is about. Being the embodiment of it, not just in your relationship, but throughout your day. How are you moving throughout your day? Are you constantly in your masculine? If so, can we invite more feminine into the day? And can we bring that and integrate that from an embodied place? And naturally, that becomes an invitation for your partner to lean in.
2: I love that. Yeah. Being an invitation and how even just more soft that feels than being like, I need you to be more in your masculine. And Madeline Moon, who I know you've followed, I believe, do you follow her work at all? Yeah. Um, We had her on the podcast, actually in the pretty beginning stages of the podcast. And she talks about this phrase of holding the pose. And one of the things that stuck with me was how when you're first learning about these energies and you want your partner to step up and be in the energy that you really desire, she talks about this phrase of holding the pose, which means staying in your feminine, even when you really don't want to. So she talks about this example of him choosing the restaurant, right? Like how often does that dynamic play out of like, you want your partner to just take control and pick dinner. And yet the controlling part of you wants to be like, well, I want it to be this kind of restaurant. I want it to be this kind of restaurant. And your partner may be used to that. So they're just doing what they know, which is to let you choose. And so when you're first learning these energies, this idea of Going back to holding the pose. And if they come back and they say, Why don't you choose, babe? Like, but it's so sexy when you choose. Like, well, I know that you normally like doing it. It's like, I know, but it turns me on so much if you could pick right now. And like being so committed to quote unquote holding the pose, even if it feels silly or uncomfortable. And over time, there will be shifts. And it's a practice, as we know, like this does not happen overnight. It's a commitment to being in that energy and learning over time, right? That these shifts will happen if you choose to be devoted to being in those energies. And so I loved your share of not weaponizing and really you going first, you learning and you being the light for people to follow. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about, we named a little bit of what the wounded and I don't know if wounded's the best word, but like, there's a dark side of these energies and then a light side of these energies. And each one of them holds different components to it. And I'm curious, we touched a little bit on what that could look like in the feminine when we're in a place of controlling, when like we want our partner to do something for us. So we step into the energy so that they can be better, do something for us. I'm curious what else that looks like. How would someone know if they're coming at this from a wounded place in the wounded feminine? hmm
0: Yeah. I'd love to talk about what this like terminology of wounded feminine means. It doesn't mean that you're broken or there's something wrong with you. It really means that every single woman has experienced either childhood wounds or has received certain messages about how she should look, act, and behave that cause her to show up a certain way. And so we operate from a more wounded versus empowered place. And every woman who's on a spiritual journey goes, can recognize like, oh, I was being needy. I was being codependent. I'm reactive. I feel controlling. When there's a lot of like anxiety, that's when we're operating the wounded feminine. When we're in the empowered feminine, we're connected to who we are. We self-validate. We feel confident. We feel embodied trusting in ourselves, trusting in life and are able to communicate from an empowered place. Mm. And there's a lot of inner healing that happens to go from the autopilot programming, the wounded feminine programming to show up on a consistent basis in our empowered state. Now, No matter how much work you've done, there's going to be triggers that come up that bring up that, that wounded feminine, right? Like we get, like, it's not, you finally get to an empowered feminine space and you never experience any neediness or any anxiety or anxious attachment. But when we have more awareness around that, then, then we can primarily show up in our empowered state. So there's two conversations here. One is around the wounded feminine and the empowered feminine. Right. And that's a lot of the inner healing that has to happen in order to act and embody who you really are. Because I believe that every woman at her core is this powerful being. And it's the programming and the experiences that she's had that take her out of that center of power. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've got that. But then we've got our imbalanced masculine and imbalanced feminine, which is another conversation, which is what we were talking about earlier a lot of women are afraid to drop into their feminine energy because they're afraid that it means that they're going to be weak or lazy or overly emotional and all of that stuff, right? Or unproductive, right? We get really afraid. And that's true. If you're in your feminine all of the time and you don't have any masculine energy, like we can fall into that space. Similarly, imbalanced masculine is what we were talking about earlier is when You are constantly controlling, constantly planning, constantly in this productivity mode that can cause the burnout, the overdrive, all of that. So there's a lot of nuances when it comes to these energies, which is what I love because the work is really deep. But yeah, those are some of the frameworks that we can look at to see, okay, how can we come back into harmony and union with these? And it's not about a 50/50 balance. It's really about learning how to flow between these two energies and mm. use them to your to your benefit.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I I think ultimately we're doing this all so that we can live a more fulfilling, joyful, juicy life, right? Like that's what these energies are about. Yes, it's like we can learn the definitions and we can learn the flow, but it's like what's behind that? We're doing it so that we feel better and that we enjoy life more and Before we started recording, I was talking a little bit about like what's happening in your world. And I read this quote to you and I want to share, and I want to talk about how you are leveraging and and leaning into your feminine more, which you said was a place of deep trust. And the quote was, we must be willing to let go of the life we planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. And that's by Joseph Campbell, who I absolutely love his work but you named that you're in this place of deep trust. And I'd love to talk about what that looks like and what can happen when you start to really trust yourself and to trust God's plan, the universe's plan and what magic can unfold because of that.
0: Mm, yeah, I know that you and I have both been through many moments where this has been been our practice and the word that I like to to use here is surrender, surrendering, letting go of having all the answers of always having the control of always having to know, which is such an illusion anyways, because we might think that we have a plan and have it all figured out. And then life presents us with the truth that like, we're not actually in control and that the most painful part is when we try and grasp on to the old and when we don't let go of things that are out of alignment. So this has been an ongoing deepening and a practice for me of whether it's in friendships, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in my business, certain habits, when we grasp on to the old and we don't want to let it go, which is so the nature of our ego, because it's like, oh, but if I let that go, then I'm going to have to change and there's going to be so much unknown and it doesn't feel safe to you know to let that go. What's next? I can't I don't see if this isn't working or if I'm letting this go then then what's going to happen next? And I'm really always in this death and rebirth cycle, I think we all are where we're all evolving, we're all growing, we're all changing all the time. And when we try and grasp on to the old and when we we are not willing to release what's not in alignment, that's where a lot of the anxiety, where there's physical pain that can come in, emotional pain. And when we can surrender and choose to trust that whatever is coming next is actually better than we can even imagine. And that there is a greater plan for us. And if that relationship or that I don't know, program that you offered in your business or that friendship is no longer in alignment, that through being willing to release that, through being willing to let that go, we're actually creating space for something new, for something that is in deeper alignment with who we are and who we're becoming. So I think, yeah, this conversation of, of being willing to let go of control, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of faith. And, and that is the feminine. It is, it is part of life that when we lean into that and when we invite in more of that, that's where the magic and the miracles and the synchronicities and the things that happen beyond our wildest dreams are available. And, and most people are, are too afraid to let go. So they like grasp on and then they're like, why is nothing changing? And it's like, well, there's no space for, for all the magic and the new things that to come in.
2: Mm, I love space, the concept of space and leaving room for magic because it's true. And until someone experiences it, it's a hard thing to contextualize, but there really is something about when you're in the feminine and you're in a place of flow and you're not so worried about what the next step is going to be there's space for something to come in and show you that you're not doing this alone, that life is one big co-creation. And there are forces at play that are way bigger than we can even imagine that are all conspiring for our life to be even more incredible than we even understand. And I know we're starting to get into some like woo stuff, but it's, it's true. Like, and I, I can say that from a very grounded place because I've experienced it. And as a, recovering control addict and someone that used to just grip life with like a white knuckle grip, there was relief too. of like, oh, I can let go. And not only are things going to be okay, they're going to be better than okay. It's better than what I imagined. And, you know, for both of us, I imagine a big part of the letting go was it was divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was potentially, for me, it was my first like real big lesson in surrender. And I imagine it was for you too.
0: Yeah. I talk about this in, in my book that I'm writing. And also when I share my story of like the, the moment where I first surrendered and I was like in my bathtub, I had, had gone through all of the pros and the cons and tried to figure out what I was going to do. Am I going to stay in my marriage? Am I going to leave? Like drove myself crazy for years around it. And eventually got to that place where I was sitting in the bathtub, like with nothing left and was just like, God, universe, whoever is out there, like, someone help me. Like, there has to be an answer to this. I don't have it. Like, please show me the way. Like, show Mm -hmm. me what I need to do. Like, I'm letting go of control because I'm exhausted and I don't have any fight left in me and I don't know where to go. So please guide me. And that was definitely my first experience of surrendering. And what's beautiful is that we don't know what's on the other side, but If I hadn't let my marriage go, I wouldn't be experiencing all of like the juicy pleasure that I've experienced and gotten to experience different relationship dynamics and called in new, all types of relationships, you know, lovers, romantic relationships, sisterhood, like all of that was on the other side, but I would, I didn't know that that was there. So if I hadn't released and surrendered and I was still in that space of internal suffering, then I wouldn't have been a vibrational match or wouldn't have been able to attract all of the other things that were coming my way. And mm-hmm. since that first moment of surrender, there's been many, many, many times where I've been brought to my knees or come back to that place of, okay, you know, I got to let this go. Like it's okay to release it and and building that trust and faith that there's something better on the other side.
2: Yeah. It's like strengthening a muscle too, because you've been there before and you know, it's not comfortable. I don't think it ever gets easy, but at least there's context of, Oh, I did this before and look what happened on the other side. So it does give a little bit of, of hope of like, I remember last time when I was on my knees in the bathtub, you know, wherever it may be of like, please just guide me and show me. And so I love that you're naming, it's not like we just do this one and done and then it becomes this really easeful process. It's like, nope, we're going to be in this state of contraction and expansion until the day that we die, death and rebirth, masculine and feminine practicing. And that's what makes this work so special and so deep, as you said. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. Well, I'm so excited. I didn't know you're writing a book and I can't wait to see that process unfold. So that sounds extra juicy. And yeah. I'm curious, you know, this conversation ended up taking a turn deep into the energies. And I love that. And I do want to leave space for, is there anything else that you would really want to share with our listeners today to make sure that the conversation feels well-rounded or anything else in your heart? That's like, I have to share this before we we bring our conversation to a close. Mm.
0: Yeah. I guess I'd just share that like this framework of learning about oneself through polarity and through masculine feminine energies is is really what supported me in going from living a life where i felt really depressed disconnected from myself not feeling that like aliveness and juiciness and and yeah like this is inviting more feminine energy into your life if i could describe it in even just like a more simplistic way it is about inviting more life force it's inviting more connection to yourself to the universe to others it's inviting in more pleasure and more ease and more flow and more abundance and and i think if we break it down to those simple terms it's like yeah that's what everyone wants like like that's how we desire to feel and so i really feel like this this understanding of how these different energies work and and learning how to come into the embodiment of them within yourself and then using them in all areas of your life in your your sex life in your health in your career like it really just keeps expanding from there and yeah we're living in a really powerful transformational time in the world we're we're really doing things differently we're being asked to do things differently the old ways of you know ignoring our intuition and pushing through the pain and just continuing to do things in the old ways, not working anymore. And there's a new paradigm. There's a shift that's happening. And and I believe that we are being asked to bring in more of this yummy, juicy, easeful, flowy, feminine energy into our lives for not just for ourselves, but really when we're in that split in that place, then we can contribute to the collective. Then we have energy to give. Then we can nurture our relationships and share our gifts. But when we're depleted and imbalanced, like we can't really do that. So yeah, there's just a larger context at play of like, what does this mean? Yes, it helps us in our relationships, but ultimately it's like, We didn't come here to just survive and to go through the motions. Like we came here to live. And I think this framework that we're talking about is one of the ways that we can learn how to to have more of that in our lives.
2: Cheers to being more alive, more turned (laughs) more life force. And I agree. I'm seeing, I'm constantly being pushed up against my edge of seeing women in front of me that are building businesses from a state of the feminine and how that is so out of my context for so many years. And I I still have to check myself like, oh, it can be easy. Oh, I can do things without forcing it. Oh, I can do things without controlling it. And um, I love having you as one of those mentors in that. And it's been so beautiful to see you unfolding, to see your process when you're letting things go, to see that because you trusted, like this is where you are in that you get to serve so many women because of that. And I'm really grateful that our listeners got to experience you today. So thank you so much. Mm, Thank you for
0: having me. Thanks everyone for listening.
2: And where can people find you, Amy? I know that you have an amazing podcast, but where else can people connect with you?
0: Yeah. So the Feminine Frequency Podcast has a lot of resources and amazing guests like Bryn on there as well. Um, You can also find me on Instagram at amynataliecoe, or you can go to my website, amynataliecoe.com. You can find my courses, um, my one-on-one work and my communities through those
2: places. So amazing. Thanks for being here, love. Appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.